I've attended quite a few churches since I was born again, and a few before I was born again. Churches, when they meet together, often are pretty shallow and very ritualistic, planned by man and often not by God. The early church came together and the Holy Spirit spoke through whom he willed and it had to have been terribly exciting. Now they come together and often they have podiums and even banisters to separate the preacher from the congregation. And they have him up kind of high, like on a pedestal. But in the early church, it was not that way. They met in homes. And God spoke through whom he wills. It reminds me more of Wednesday night service at a small town where I once lived. They had testimonies on Wednesday night. They came to the auditorium and they spoke of the things God had done that week in their lives. It wasn't a planned service like you see today. You might see more of the Holy Spirit in a Bible class, but the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God and reveals them to us. So unless you are speaking by the Holy Spirit sharing what God has done, it can be pretty boring and very ritualistic. Even the song service is planned out by somebody. Spontaneous things are usually eliminated from the church service. And this is a pity, because the Apostle Paul said that's what the service should be, is free for the Holy Spirit to speak. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, the Apostle Paul tells us what the church service should be like. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you has a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. It wasn't a planned thing. You came together. God was free to speak through whom he willed. I attended a Bible class one time where the teacher, he would teach, but at some point he stopped and said, Does anyone have a word from the Lord? He opened the door 
for verse 26 to take place. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. You told what God had done in your life. Oh, that was so exciting. It wasn't that the teacher sat down and planned out what he was going to say. He spoke by the Spirit of God. Paul said that's what he did, and that's what I learned to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go back to that for a moment. Paul said, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is what God taught me to do. Stay in the Bible, know the word of God. When you get out there, I will call to your mind a scripture. When I do that, speak that. Or I will call to your mind a story of something that happened. And if I do that, speak that. That's Jesus Christ, the Word, and Him crucified, not of Himself, but of the Spirit of God, not of the flesh, where you get together and plan it all by books of scholarly men writing about things, or clever sayings where people are intrigued by your stories and laugh and things like that. That's all fleshly. You tell your stories by the Spirit who calls it to your mind what to say. Before I started recording this, God called a couple of things to my mind, and I knew these were things that I was to write or record. So Paul says, For I determined not to know anything among you save... Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. So often preachers look for clever things to say that will cause people to want to come to their church. Paul said that my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, 
but a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Some church in Texas asked me to come there and speak to their group, a little country church. And I did go and speak to their group. And at the end, the pastor asked me to pray for people, and there was a long line of people that came for prayer. I really don't like that because what I like is for them to learn to pray, for them to have confidence in God, not confidence that some preacher can pray and get them something. But I did do it. I went there and prayed for each one. And I got up to one woman and I said, Now, what is it that you want? And she said, Oh, I just want more of God. And I said to her, Now, look, God will tell me what you are doing. And she jumped up and said, Oh, no, Lord, don't tell her. Everybody just roared. It was a little congregation, and they all knew what everybody was doing. And certainly God knew. It really broke up the meeting. I don't remember any prayers after that. God will tell me what you are doing. That is a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. When you tell the congregation something that God has done. For example, one of the things God does with me is open visions. He gives me word of knowledge, spiritual gift, 1 Corinthians 12, through open visions. I was a new Christian and attended a prayer group And the first time God ever showed me this open vision was in that prayer group. We were standing around in a circle and holding hands and praying for someone, and I really hate doing that. But we were doing it. And God spoke to me while the women were talking to God. And God said, look up. So I opened my eyes and looked up. And on the wall, it was just a white wall, and I saw the outline of a body part. It's like someone drew an outline with a marks a lot on a white wall. I recognized the body part, but I didn't know really what it was, and I said to God, all this time the women are praying, and I said to God, I know that's a body part, but I can't remember the name of it. And I heard stomach. I said, oh, yeah, it's a stomach. It's like those old Pepto-Bismol commercials. It's a stomach. So when they quit praying, I gathered enough courage to say, does anybody have a stomach problem? One little woman began jumping up and down and said, I do, I do, oh, I do. So I assumed she was prayed for and healed. All I was focused on was the way God had shown me this word of knowledge. After that, he frequently showed me words of knowledge by seeing them on a blank wall. Now that 
It's demonstration of the power of the Spirit, power of God. That's what Paul's talking about. His speech and his preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And oftentimes when I am speaking to a group, God will open someone's eyes to see the truth of Scripture, to see something not taught by man usually. And he'll see it and he'll know it's of God. That is what Paul's talking about. That's what church should be. That's what Bible classes should be. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So they came together in these early churches without organization like you see today. They came together and God spoke through whom he willed. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty six. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Every one of you, if you had something of God, you were free to share it. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Verse 29, let the prophet speak two or three, and let the other judge. Have you ever seen that done? I haven't. Where prophets speak as led by the Holy Spirit, and let the other judge, or the prophets judge, I think it means. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace, for ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and that all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. They aren't forced to speak, but they speak by the will of God. So they control themselves. They don't interrupt the church service but they speak in due course as led by the Holy Spirit at the appropriate time. Most church services never even invite anything of God to happen at their church. They have it all planned out to keep people from speaking, really. 
The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now you notice that the prophets were free to speak. Now Paul is going to say, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, that they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. I can see by this, these women were interrupting the church gathering by asking questions. Now you have to remember, these were home churches in the early church. So it would be so easy for these women to ask questions under the guise of learning and interrupt the church service. That's what was happening. God reminded me of Philip in Acts 21. He had four daughters who prophesied. How can you prophesy and not speak? And prophecy is for the church. He reminded me of Anna, who was at the temple when they brought Jesus in to be circumcised. He described her as a widow of a great many years and that she spent her life in the temple praying and fasting and she shared Jesus with everyone. Of course she spoke. This is how God got me to do the work of the ministry was by taking me to these scriptures and showing me the things women did in the church. Deborah was a prophet, Judges chapter 4. She judged the nation of Israel. I always love this part. She stayed under the palm tree of Deborah, and the Israelites came to her to be judged. When they had a question, they came to her, presented it to her for a ruling. If they had a problem with each other, over a matter, Deborah ruled. Judges chapter 4. I know when I was first born again, I owned a business, American Indian Arts, and I was just on fire for the Word of God. God had taken me into heaven twice. It was in the night while I was asleep, and I was transported into heaven I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me a second time. I was so on fire for things of God, to be at churches, to learn about God, to be with other Christians. I never missed a church service at the church I attended those days. And God revealed to me I was to be a minister. First, he showed me I was to be a prophet and the work of prophets, and he took me through scriptures to show me the work of prophets in the New Testament church. 
Then one day I was driving down the street and he said to me, I have called you and set you in the body of Christ as an apostle. And I said, apostle? What's an apostle? What does an apostle do? I don't know anything about this. Well, I didn't know anything about prophets either, but God taught me by scriptures. I went to our Bible teacher at the church I was attending, and I didn't tell him God had called me as an apostle. But I said, who are the apostles at this church? And he said, I don't know. They professed to believe there were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, according to Ephesians chapter 4, but he didn't know who the apostles were. So I said, what do they do? And he said, I don't know. So I had no human example. So God took me to Acts 15 to show me what they did. There was a question that arose concerning circumcision. Do the Gentiles have to be circumcised after they believe? So the apostles and elders, they met at Jerusalem to discuss this. There was much disputing, it says. Peter gave his opinion. Others gave their opinions. And then the apostle James gave the ruling that they were to follow. And it was that the Gentiles did not have to be circumcised. They, by faith, believed salvation was through Jesus Christ, as did Peter and Paul. They did not go by the law of Moses, but by the law of God that's in the New Testament Bible. Anyway, God showed me that women were disrupting the church service when Paul said, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted to them to speak. But if they were a prophet, they could speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. For they were disrupting the church service. I attended a non-denominational church one time visiting. Preacher was teaching the church group when a woman in the congregation jumped up and said, Praise God! Praise God! And she began running around the room shouting, Praise God! The church people got so excited. They were laughing and they thought that was the Holy Spirit. Pastor thought it was the Holy Spirit. I was horrified. I knew it wasn't the Holy Spirit. When I got to the car, I said to God, I know that's not the Holy Spirit. And he took me to a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 to confirm to me that was not the Holy Spirit in the woman. Let all things be done decently and in order. It would be out of order to interrupt the pastor and stop the teaching and call attention 
to yourself. That's verse 40. All sorts of things that are not of God go on in churches today. Some of them are disruptions like that. Others are the stuff is planned out by men or women, and it's just dead. If the teaching is of the Holy Spirit, there's life in it. You'll be interested in it. But when that teacher starts to go off onto his planning, you'll have 45 minutes of death. And then every once in a while, he'll say something of interest. That's the Holy Spirit. At one point, I was invited to come to Dallas Theological Seminary. Now, they would not allow me to enroll in it because I was a woman. But they called me and said, we see you have a doctorate in education. Some of our young men are so bad at preaching. We would like you to come and teach them how to preach because they're so boring. And that way you can go to any class that you want to go to. I wasn't interested in being a preacher. I just wanted to learn about God, and I thought that's where I would go to learn about God, was a seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary. So I would go and listen to the young preachers and supposedly help them. I don't remember helping anybody. And I don't remember much ever being said that I can remember today because it wasn't of God. If it's of God, you're going to remember it. That's why it is so dead in churches. The Holy Spirit is not leading the person who is speaking. As I have spoken on this podcast, you have heard the Holy Spirit leading me because he reminded me of the story to tell to you. As I told it, there was life in it. And I know when you examine it, you're going to say, that was interesting. Because it wasn't of me. I spoke by the Spirit of God, by what he reminded me of. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.